You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, so here in that little phrase, we find a phrase that's used. I, I like that, come up hither, so that's why you keep hearing that, uh, because I like it. So uh, anyway, uh, here that little phrase, come up hither, is used. Now, uh, when that statement, that call uh, for John to come up hither uh, what, a, what a blessed statement. And a lot of times as believers, we will, we will use that statement as though that statement is talking about the rapture. But it has zero context of the rapture. This was a personal call for John, the one that what God was going to reveal some things to. And God is telling him to come up hither so he can see from a different perspective. You know, from the Isle of Patmos, John's perspective was probably pretty dark. But God said, I want you to see something from my perspective. And he was going to call him up hither so he could see from God's perspective. Have you ever thought about that yourself? Uh, just be wishing that you could see from God's perspective? You know, Lord, I know you can see something good coming out of everything that's going on in the world around us. Uh, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good. Does that include war? Does that include death? Does that include suffering? Boy, we're getting quiet. The reality is, it does. It includes all of those things. We just don't want them to be included in our life. You know, it's awful easy to quote Romans 8, 28 to somebody else. Somebody else is going through a heartache and somebody else is going through a trial. And, you know, the Bible tells us all things work together for good. God can bring good out of this. And that's true. But it sounds, if we're not careful, we can be very, uh, we can be very um, cavalier with some scripture and almost minimizing the hurt uh, and the burden that somebody else is going through. But the reality is all things work together for good to them that love God. All things. God can use cancer. God can use sickness. God can use death. God can use war. And we look at Putin right now and and in my, my talking about us not being prejudiced towards the Russian people, I want Ukraine to win. All right? I'm, I am for the Ukraine. I am for them uh, winning because of freedom. Uh, and I am against uh, uh, Putin and his attacks into a sovereign country. Uh, but, the rea but the reality is, God used a man by the, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who was far worse than Putin. And God used him not only to bring about great tragedy and uh, even to bring, uh, um, uh, there was death, there was destruction of the city, uh, of a land, there was, uh, the culture was completely destroyed, uh, there was a captivity of God's people for 70 years, uh, there was great destruction, and God used a godless king to bring that all about. And it was judgment. 
Now, we, we can look back at it and say, yeah, that was judgment. But when the battles come our direction, when it's our world that is upside down, it's hard to, to wrap our mind around how good can come out of this. You see the images, and you see the death, you see the destruction, you see people, civilians being shot down, and you just wonder, how in the world is this going on? Is this really happening in 2022? I mean, sure, back in the dark ages, but today? And yet it is. And so, so when we when we look at all that's going on in the world around us, uh, there's a perspective that we do not have. Well, let me tell you, God has a good perspective. God knows everything that's going on. He knows what's going on in Russia. He knows what's going on in the Ukraine. He knows what's going on in uh, Crimea. And he knows what's going on in Moldova and Romania. Uh, and he knows everything that's taking place all around the world, the NATO countries. Uh, he knows what's going on. Uh, and God knows what's going on with Washington, D.C., He knows what's going on at the gas pump. He knows what's going on when you buy your groceries. Is God still in control? Is God still in control? All right, I need you to respond on this. Is God still in control? He is. God is in control. And a God who is in control sees from a perspective that we do not see. When I was in college, my pastor, Brother Hiles, he would tell of when he was a little boy, he would sit at his mom's knee and, uh, and she would do the needle point. And so she would take those needles and go through the hoop. And you know what I'm talking about? And she would go through that hoop and she, she kept on uh, just working this thing through and snipping off these threads and getting another thread and putting it through. And he's looking through and uh, he said, Mama, what you doing? And she said, well, I'm making a pretty picture. And he said, from down here, all I see is a bunch of tangled, tangled threads. She said, when I'm done, I'll let you come up here and see it from my perspective. You know what? That's how heaven's going to be. We're looking at it from a perspective where we can't see really what's happening. But you know, when God called John and he said, come up hither, I'm going to let you see some things that are going to be hereafter. I'm going to let you see some things from a perspective that's different. And praise the Lord, this wasn't talking about the rapture. And that phrase, come up hither, is never used concerning the rapture except for us. Uh, we use it, uh, and we think about that great phrase, come up hither, as though he's talking to us. Uh, but it's not used that way. That phrase is used three times in the Bible. Uh, it's used in Proverbs 25, 7, uh, come up hither. Uh, and it was talking about honor at a banquet uh, and being called up hither or being, being put low in the eyes of the king. Uh, and so uh, that phrase obviously is not talking about 
the, uh, the rapture. Uh, Revelation 11, 12, uh, it talks about come up hither, and it, that passage of Scripture is dealing with the, uh, uh, it's dealing with the two witnesses uh, that are going to be, uh, that are going to die during the first half of the, uh, of the uh, uh, Great Tribulation period, and so those 42 months, uh, referring to those two martyred witnesses. Uh, and then, uh, of course, here in Revelation 4, uh, referring spe- uh, specifically to John. And so, uh, so here we looked at uh, Revelation 2 and 3 dealing with the churches. Now we get into Revelation chapter 4. Now, from Le- Revelation chapter 4 on, the word church is not mentioned. Because of that, many think Revelation 2 and 3 uh, is uh, talking about the churches, and then as soon as he's done with that, he's referring to that which is going to take place in the church age. Well, at the rapture, the rapture takes place at the end of the church age. So what is going to finish and close out the church age is the rapture. All right, so, uh, so this verse and this word come up hither as God is speaking to John uh, often will get tied up into the rapture because church is not mentioned again until you get all the way to the last chapter uh, of Revelation, chapter 22, and the Lord is giving his, uh, he is talking uh, to the, uh, uh, the last invitation uh, and the, the word church is mentioned there, Revelation twenty two sixteen, he said, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So that final invitation, he's going to go in, um, have that final invitation, uh, the Lord speaking himself. But uh, so some do believe that because church isn't mentioned again, that even though this word, this statement come up hither was not referring to the rapture, uh, this, this is also a pivotal point that uh, this could be from Revelation 4 on, uh, could be the, uh, the tribulation period, because when the church is raptured out, then that is when uh, it is the end of the church age, the rapture takes place, the end of the church age, and it is the beginning of the, the uh, tribulation period. So uh, the tribulation period is seven years, and in that 77 years, that seven-year period of the tribulation is broke up into two sections, uh, two 42-month periods. 42 months is three and a half years, so the first 42 and a half months is tribulation. The second 42 months is titled and called out as being great tribulation. And so the first three and a half years is the part of the tribulation period, uh, but it is not called the great tribulation. That's the second uh, period of 42 months, which is the second half. So uh, here when we look at this, uh, Revelation 4.1 uh, when he is talking about coming up hither, uh, he is not he is not talking about the rapture, uh, but uh, we do know that that rapture is going to take place, and it is the next event on the prophetic calendar, and I'm I am looking forward to that. Uh, one way that we could uh, know too that uh, this this come up hither is not 
is not talking about uh, the great tribulation, or talking about the rapture, uh, because uh, look at it again, Revelation 4, 1, come up hither, uh, let's see, I'm, let me get to it. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which, which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show, show thee the things which must be hereafter. Uh, so, First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us what is going to take place when the Lord calls us. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. No way, is that clock right? Oh my goodness, i got to get a smaller clock. Uh, all right, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, so uh, here uh, we know that the, the, uh, the Lord's coming is going to be predicated with him coming in the clouds. He is going to descend, and there is going to be tr the trump of the archangel, uh, the shout of the archangel, and the trump of God. And so that isn't going on here in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. So uh, let's look real quick. We have got a lot of information. That is not even to the first point yet. Okay, uh, look at Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. We're going to break down a few words here. I think that will help us. Revelation 4, 1. What are those first two words? After this. After this. Now, that after this, what is, what is that after this referring to? Uh, I believe he's talking about the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. Uh, those first three uh, chapters dealing with the church. Uh, go back to Revelation chapter 1. And verse number 10, Revelation 1.10, the Bible says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamos and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. So here this after this, he's referring to the work that God had given John to do as he was dealing with uh, these churches here in, um, in Asia Minor. So after this, what do we find? Uh, we find John saying, I looked. I looked. You know, we will never find spiritual insight without looking for it. What John was being given was a result of him listening to God. You know, it's real easy to get our minds so distracted that we can't see anything spiritual. Spiritual people look for spiritual things. People that Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because they think about the Lord. Miss Brenda and I this morning, we sat, sat in the office and 
it's, it's just sweet. We'll, we'll sit down in the office, I don't know how many times, and just talk about the Lord. And, you know, when, when you're thinking about Him, when you are praising Him, you start seeing so many things that He does for us. But when we aren't stopping and looking, we just miss it. We just miss it. In our family, it's a big deal to see animals, wildlife. If we're taking a drive, we're looking for wildlife. It doesn't matter where we're at. We were driving down, you know, a week ago, we took mom, went down to uh, Stanford, and Deb is over there. Oh, there's some deer. Oh, see those turkeys? And she was seeing them in places what you would not expect to see them. You know why? Because she was looking. And her, her, just over the years, she has trained her eyes to look for wildlife because it it's just sort of a hug from God for us. So it's just, if we see the, the wildlife out there, uh, I was just talking to somebody earlier today, they came in my office and they said, man, see that bear, I've never seen a bear in the wild. I said, well, the first one I saw in the wild is hanging on my wall, it charged me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, you know, we, uh, uh, but what, what do we look for? And if we are looking for spiritual things, we'll find them. John, he says, and I looked. God is always working. God is always working. And if God is always working, that means that there are things that he wants us to see. Have you ever, have you ever made something? Maybe, ladies, you, you made a meal and you wanted everybody to see it. So what do you do? You took a picture of it and you posted it. And, and with that, it's like, oh man, I, I, I did this, I want people to see it. Well, the first time I did a smoked turkey, I was like, man, I've never, never done this before, so I snapped a couple pictures. Uh, why? Because it was going to get eaten and nobody's going to see it, you know? And uh, so there was just sort of, hey, I want to share this with somebody. God is working. The Bible says in Ephesians that we are His workmanship. That means that he's always working. That means that, that, don't you think God wants to show off what he's doing? Absolutely. God wants others to see what he's doing. But so often we just walk around in life. We are so blinded by what's going on in our immediate task list. And, and I, I got to watch myself. I get caught up in lists. And I can have my list, and I've got a bunch of them. Uh, I don't have just one task list. I have multiple sets of task lists. I don't have one calendar. I have a bunch of calendars. And I can get sucked into that. And if I'm not careful, I can miss other things that are going on in life because of, uh, I got to get this done, and this is that next step, and they need to do this, this, and this. Uh, but the reality is, God is, God is always working, and as God is working, He's working in our lives. And if we miss what He's doing, we lose. We're the one that loses. When you see what God is doing in your life, Woo! Absolutely. 
It's just, it's amazing. Hey, God answered my prayers. God, God showed me he loved me. There, was, there were things that God is doing. And in our life, we have to be careful that we don't just uh, miss everything that, jo- that God is doing. Uh, here, John was in a state of mind and soul that he was looking. And God, help us to have a heart that is sensitive and eyes that are looking for him to do something in our life. Uh, so here he said, and after this, I looked. Uh, I don't think we're going to finish tonight. Uh, I was planning on getting through Revelation chapter 4. That's not going to happen. We're not going to get verse number 1 done. Uh, And I behold, a door was opened unto me in heaven. Now, this door, now a door is a structural unit. It is a, it's a structural device uh, that is used. It's a component. It is a rite of passage or it is a restriction of passage. It is, it is something to say, come in, or it is something to say, stay out. And here this door was open. You know what that, that just, in my soul, you know what that just tells me? There's so much that God wants me to see. There's so much that he has for me that, that there's more. Uh, he is not a respecter of persons, and I know he was talking to John, but in my life, uh, how many times have I seen him work and things that he is trying to do, and, and I miss it, and other times you see it, and it's like, wow, how could I have missed that before? And uh, just seeing God work, I, I want you to know that there is, like Paul said, a door effectual that is open unto us, and there is an opportunity to be able to stand for the Lord. There's an opportunity to help do the work of God. And you and I have that opportunity. There is a door that's open. And John here, can you imagine? Come up hither. Hey, John, come on. Uh, I got something for you to see. And it was in heaven. And now John has got a door that's open so he could see in to heaven. Now, God wasn't Showing this to John because his life was over. God was showing this to John so he could take it back to us. You know what? The Lord gives us things. And he opens opportunities up to us. And he opens spiritual insight into us. Uh, He opens up opportunities for us. Why? So we can use them for him right now. We've got to... We've, we are alive in this day. You only know, think about World War II. What, is, what, is, what do we call those, the people of World War II? The greatest generation. Why? Because they stood up to a great obstacle. They didn't bow under the pressure. They took the responsibility and they took the risk and they did what they felt was right. You know what? This is our generation. This is our turn. And we don't know what we're going to face. We look over in Europe and we see all kinds of unknowns. We don't know what that's going to be. But what I do know is God has placed me to live in this generation. He has given me life right now. That means there's something that he wants me to do with this life. 
And there are opportunities that he has given to all of us. John, uh, he saw uh, an open door. And that, that uh, was a rite of passage. It was open. It wasn't a restriction. It was an open rite of passage. And I think the Lord wants us uh, to be able to take that, uh, that same uh, opportunity. Uh, there was a door. Uh, we see that there was also a voice. That voice said, come up hither. Uh, and John was given a whole new perspective. Uh, and the voice of God was as a trumpet. What was it? It was clear, it was loud, it was distinct. And you know, I'm so thankful that we've got His Word, and it's clear. It's clear. He doesn't tell us all the events that are going on. He doesn't tell us all of the steps that we will take in life. I was counseling with somebody on the phone today, and as I was talking with them, just sharing the reality that you know, sometimes when we take steps in life, we don't, know what, we don't know what decision to make. You know, I wish God would just come down and say, do this. <laughs> but he doesn't. Sometimes we might think he said do that. And when we take that step, or because of fear, we are unable to take any step, we are, we are ultimately saying, God, I can't trust you with that next step. You know, God knows what step we're going to take. It's not like he says, oh no, they didn't do what I told them to do. Now what? Throws up his hands. No, God knows exactly what to do. He knows what decision we're going to make. And since He knows what decision we're going to make, He already knows how to get us out. If it wasn't the best decision, He knows how to still bring it around for good. You know, the devil just wants to get us to be so fearful that we will do nothing. You know, as God's people, we just got to keep moving forward. Just keep on moving forward. I don't know what everything, how everything's going to work out. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know that God knows tomorrow. And since God knows tomorrow, I just got to trust Him. And John here, he had, he had some instruction, he had some guidance, and, and we might actually get to the message next week uh, as we look at this. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are thankful for you being so good. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve your love. Uh, Lord, we don't deserve your patience, but we thank you that you give it to us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we uh, live our life in these uncertain days. Help us to, to recognize that you have a plan for us. And for us to do nothing is not part of that plan. For us to be handicapped handicapped and, uh, and uh, uh, tied up in fear and, uh, and stopped, Lord. That's not what your plan is. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be bold. Help us to, to take steps of faith. Help us to trust you. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would just open up doors so we can see. Help us to have some heavenly insight and perspective. And so just lead us. Thank you for your goodness to us. I pray that you would bless your people. Uh, Lord, just work in our hearts, please, for Christ's sake.
heads bowed, eyes closed, who'd say, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.